Carol, dear Carol, members of Bill's family, and friends. It's a great honor for me to have the privilege of saying a few words to all of you who have come here in such love and affection for our cherished friend, Bill Fox. It wasn't supposed to be like this for me. I thought that he would speak at my funeral. And for the past, like all of you, for the past 10 days, I've tried to come to terms with a world without Bill Fox. What we've lost, that luminosity, that joyful incandescence, that great spirit. We've lost a cherished friend. For many of us, I'm sure he was a best friend. And now we've come to gather and to say goodbye. For the past week, the privilege of an old man is that I can weep and it's all right. For the past week, like many of you and friends and alumni of Emory everywhere, We've shared our family through email and telephone calls and face-to-face conversations. All that Bill has meant to us, we shared those wonderful stories that we've had through three generations. We've remembered the funny things he did, the antics. We remembered Bill at his best, how he... He drew something out of us that we didn't even know was there. Bill was unforgettable, inimitable. Have any of us ever known anyone for whom the sheer joy of living was so vivid, so vital? Who brought such full bore enthusiasm to every occasion, whose hearty laugh was so contagious, so infectious, that everyone began to share in it. A grandson told me the other day, he said, I was at a dinner one time. I was sitting across the table from Bill, and Bill began laughing. And all of a sudden, the people around him began laughing. He said the rest of the table began laughing. And I began laughing. And he said, I didn't even know what it was about. But but I was caught up in it. It was so contagious, so infectious. Laughter can have an edge to it. It can exclude, but never with Bill. Bill's laughter was always warm, contagious. Bill's laughter embraced us. Bill was a transformative presence wherever he was, 
and especially on the Emory campus. 35 years ago, we were in dire need of someone to take over campus life at Emory. Morale was low. The students, many of them, were disaffected. Programs were lackluster. We'd had a national search without success, and Bill had just finished his Ph.D., and Bill caught my eye, and we appointed him, and within a year, he had transformed the campus. I had a son-in-law who had, at that time, was a student at Emory, and he, he said that he was thinking himself about transferring until he met Bill. And he said, Bill began to talk to him, and he told me that I was better than that, and he said things about me that I didn't quite believe, but I liked to hear. And he made a friend of me, and he made me realize that someone cared. And I stuck around and graduated, and he married our daughter, and that was a blessing. This is a story that is typical of legions of students, as many of you here can attest. Under Bill, Emory became a place where while not everyone knew your name, we all knew someone did, and that was Bill Fox. Bill would memorize the names and faces of the entering freshman class. And so from the first week, as he walked around campus, he could greet them. Can you imagine what that did to those students here, strange, away from home, wondering what it was all about, trying to look tough and bright. And Bill would hail them on campus by their name. Bill had that marvelous quality of making everyone feel special. When you were with Bill, there was no one else. You knew you were the only person that mattered. A granddaughter reminded me by email. She said, Bill didn't just make you feel special. He had that unique capacity to draw out a goodness in you that you didn't even know was there. And his unadulterated, pure delight in other people enabled us to be better versions of ourselves, he said. Bill had a genius for friendship. Bill introduced students and many of us to a robust expression of love and attention, which many of us had rarely ever experienced before, even in our own families. On a campus that prides itself on sophistication and cool, like all campuses, Bill was refreshingly and disarmingly direct. Many of us had never seen such a lavish display of affection, such unabashed emotional warmth. He cut through all the reserve, the hesitation, the stiltedness of life, the calculation, and he just drew us in. And of course, students like us, older folks, 
responded first in delight and then in gratitude. Bill really did touch the better angels of our nature. As you would well surmise, and as we all know, in a short while, Bill changed not only the programs of campus affairs, but also the ethos of the campus. His and Carol's house and home became a focal point of hospitality, and through those associations, the students began venturing beyond the narrow, self-centered world that they had brought with them to college and enabled them to establish Volunteer Emory, a student service organization that became wildly popular on campus and took the students out of themselves and gave them something beyond themselves to work for and to live for and to do. And soon after, Bill was instrumental in helping us form the University Athletic Association that enabled Emory to compete with peer schools like Chicago and Wash U and NYU and Carnegie Mellon and Hopkins and so forth and have that competitive sports without the downside for academics. And, of course, on campus, as everywhere else, whenever Bill was around, there was fun. He had such a delightful comic side, as was evidenced by his laugh, which we all remember. It's a hallmark of his personality. He not only was fun, he, w- he made the campus fun. He started Low Water Day early on. Low Water Day in the park at the president's house at Emory. And it was his idea we would have all kinds of activities and games and food, lots of food. Bill always had lots of food. <laughs> and there was a big hot air balloon, beautiful in its rich, rich colors. Now, Bill wore a clown outfit. He had a tall hat with a ball at the end of it. He had a bulbous nose, and his costume was festooned with all kinds of things. And he and I were deferring to each other as to who would be the first to get on the gondola and rise in the balloon. I didn't want to go up in the balloon. (laughs) I don't think Bill did either. But I said, Bill, you've got on the costume for it. So Bill said, okay. So he got on and began to rise in the air. Now picture this. Here's the balloon rising in the air. And Bill's in his clown outfit, out waving almost like the Pope (laughs) to all the people belong. And the students, of course, just cheered. It was wonderful. Well, that day I had brought a grandson who was about two and a half to the, the fun. And he, he knew Bill. Bill had been down on the floor with him, played with him. He knew his voice. But he recoiled at the clown outfit. And when he saw Bill, he turned and put his head in my shoulder. So Bill, hmm, he took off his hat, removed his bulbous nose, and then he leaned over and said very gently, called him by name, Gray. And Gray turned around and looked at him and held out his hands. (laughs) 
That somehow seems symbolic of Bill. Doffing whatever came between us, you and him, me and Bill, speaking appropriately and figuratively holding out his hands. That was Bill. Speaking of fun, Bill was fun. It wasn't just limited to students. We had a parents' weekend one year, and Bill spoke to them. It was not a formal gathering, but, you know, they were all sitting in their seats, and Bill was up at the front. And I think Bill sensed that there was a slight stiffness about it all. And all of a sudden, Bill said, I bet you didn't know I was the drum major in my high school. I can still twirl a baton, he said. (laughs) And sensing some (laughs) surprise and maybe skepticism, he turned around and picked up a baton that he had brought with him, and he began to twirl. Well, (laughs) of course, there was first astonished delight, and then a wonderful round of ovation, you know. How can you resist that? And I can imagine that to this day, There are parents that will recall that time that they were in there and Bill Fox twirled a baton. (laughs) I think suddenly it dawned on him, this is why he's so beloved by the students. Have you ever seen anything like it? Speaking of high school, Bill was precocious early on in many ways, but In his senior year, as they are true with many high schools, they had an election at the end of the year to see who had the superlatives, the most this and the best that. Bill won five out of seven. (laughs) The counselor called Bill in to tell him before it had been announced, and he congratulated him, and Bill said, oh, no. He said, I, I, I can't take five. That, everybody would be upset, and, and think how disappointed they'd be. So he relinquished three. <laughs> he kept two. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself in reflecting on it, you know, <laughs> Bill gained, collected another superlative just then, most gracious. Bill was a superb teacher, as all of us here know. His classes at Emory were oversubscribed. He taught with passion and verve. and He read voraciously and widely, always the latest fiction. He was always telling me about the Man Booker Prize. And one of his continuing disappointments with me was my determined preference in literature. I had an, I liked the fustian world of Jane Austen and George Eliot. And Bill would shake his head. He never gave up trying to educate me, to improve me. And this is the only thing I can think of where Bill was 
didactic with me. And a couple of years ago, I was in the hospital recuperating from open heart surgery, and of course, Bill came by, his usual jovial, supportive, caring self. And he had a big bag of books, of paperbacks, all contemporary. And I thought, <laughs> he said, you can read these as you recuperate. And I thought, well, Bill's really concerned about my physical health, but I think he's <laughs> really more concerned about saving my, my uh, taste in literature than that. Now, Bill and Carol stepped into another breach at Emory by agreeing to take on the critically important role of development when we were without a development head. And he and Carol made the transition from the world of student affairs to the larger world of affairs seamlessly. And his incomparable personality and Carol's hospitality worked their magic with business and professional leaders in Atlanta, just as it had with the younger generation. And he and Carol made a whole new set of devoted friends across Atlanta and across the country. In his new role, he was extravagantly successful, just as he'd been in campus life. And this is the key, he raised a lot of money for Emory. Now, as we all know, behind that marvelous, effusive personality, Bill had a razor-sharp mind. He was cosmopolitan and sophisticated. He lived in what the philosophers call the second naivete. Bill was no naive. His enthusiasm and his wonderful sense of demonstrated affection and love would cause us to forget just how savvy he was. But he had moved through that world of higher, higher learning and criticism and caution and prudence. And he'd moved clear through to the other side. And he came out full of that marvelous, artless generosity and heart. Yes, Bill was all heart. At Emory, I often spoke about the education of the heart. It became sort of a mantra. And this past week in reflecting on Bill, I realized that I really hadn't put that together and come, come up with that term for a speech and articles until after I'd met Bill Fox. Bill, for me, embodied the education of the heart. He educated all of our hearts. That, that's unbelievable. There's no one here that doesn't realize what a gift they've been given from Bill Fox. One of my enduring sadnesses 
is that I was never, I don't think, able adequately to show Bill and help him understand how much I loved him and admired him and appreciated him and helped him understand how much all of you loved and admired and appreciated him. We all are here because Bill Fox touched our hearts because he showed us a better way. Because he helped us to realize as buttoned down and zippered up as many of us are that enthusiasm and warmth and affection and caring and joy and fun are something all of us can receive and share. Bill Fox shared that with us and for them we're forever grateful. May God bless Bill Fox. Mm -hmm.